3: April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No,
5: other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of the world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch.
3: Uh, we're going to have a guest in a couple of minutes, but I, I do want to get back to it. We What's having on a bit, right
0: now? We, I
3: know. Who are you, oh.
0: Candace? Yeah. <laughs> Candace? <laughs> who, who am I to say? She Arcos loves to inter,
3: interrupt everything I say just like you. What <laughs> do you think of that action? No, she's a barn burner. She's a very nice person, actually. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, now, Brian, do you put the E at the end of your name? Or is it just Lazart.
6: It's Lazarte. Thanks for asking. See, so Lazarte <laughs> because
3: some people don't go, don't go with it. Some people do. So it's Brian Lazarte, correct? That is correct. All right, James Lee Hernandez with us. Then uh, their uh, next series, the Big Con, a new uh, Apple TV Plus original true crime docu series, reveals the outrageous true story of the biggest federal fraud in U.S. history. This is an amazing. That's all I want to say about it. I want to hear you guys, Brian and James, talk about this because we were just talking about the big con that the world is now. The world is nothing but a big con, basically. <laughs> uh,
6: we certainly, uh, you know, find ourselves intrigued by, uh, you know, the the foils of our our own greed and temptations and uh, what ifs, right? Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's uh, certainly uh, the case. I mean, it's a story about Eric C. Khan, and like literally, his name is Khan, <laughs> and he pulled off the largest Social Security fraud case in history. Um, it's over half a billion dollars, oh, gosh. and he did this. Yeah, he did this. Uh, you know, out of Eastern Kentucky, uh, unbeknownst to so many people, um, in a small coal town. Uh, of of Pike County and Floyd County, and uh, got away with it for almost a decade. And if it wasn't for the help of these incredible characters that we also have, these two whistleblowers, uh, he probably would still be doing it today. But, of course, when he does get busted, in true Hollywood fashion, he goes on the run.
3: (laughs) I love it. We get... uh... Mannix after him, the FBI. You know everybody.
5: Mannix? remember Mannix? <laughs> is 1969.
3: The only reason I know that name is because my mother loved that Ch-
5: Tony Franciosa. And Tony, the name was of that the game. Who it was? Anyway,
3: no, it was. Honestly, God, that, that literally is. I remember that because it was my mother's favorite crime show when I was a little boy. <laughs> Mannix. In any case, um, I, Brian and James, I got to ask you both this, and actually everybody here, here in the studio as well. What is it about the human brain that I just got away with a $200 million scam, but that's not enough? I got to keep going. Why wouldn't you, after about 30, 40, 50 million, just go, goodbye? You'll never see me again.
7: I guess it's too much fun, right? Is that what it is? Too much fun?
8: I, I don't know if it, it's too much fun. It really is that whole situation of greed. You know, it, right. it starts as just something small. Okay, well. I can see a way to cut a few corners, make some extra money, and then the people involved start to like getting that extra money, and that starts to snowball into, okay, we're just going to do a little bit bigger, but this is going to be the last time. to right. get away with that. Right. And it's just to build and build and build, and obviously it starts to turn into a golden handcuff situation where now you're used to a certain type of life, and you're used to getting away with it. And with Eric Kahn and his situation... And people describe him as he was like ad- addicted to risk. Like he liked to do oh, crazy, yeah.
7: too much fun. I mean, there's there's like a dopamine factor there, right? Get away Getting away with, with this,
3: stuff. Yeah. Here's go. Oh, go ahead.
6: I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it's, oh yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I was just gonna, you know, <laughs> double down on that. It, and you know, he was in a lot of cases like the modern day Robin Hood, though. Uh, oh, you got to remember this for Social Security. Benefits um, like people don't really think that uh, think about Social Security for young people. Uh, they associate it with when you retire or whatnot. But mm-hmm. there's actually a huge part of this fund. It's government spending 130 billion dollars plus a year that goes towards disability cases, right? So people who get injured and are unable to work. And it's not a whole lot of money, but you got to remember this is cold country. Like so, there are a lot of young people who were getting injured in this small town. I mean, more people, I mean, right? And so they were all going to these disability uh, attorneys. And and Eric, I mean, he was like, he actually touted himself as Mr. Social Security, right? Um, But he kind of had this uh, bravado about him and charisma and charm and really imagined himself as like the Kentucky James Bond and would, you know, travel the world and live this lavish lifestyle and had, you know every single billboard in town did all the wacky commercials everybody went to him because they didn't really know of any other attorney uh that could do this and do it as fast as he could do it and that was the thing that made him so magical is that he he felt he was like the expert of the system like people in general had to wait about a year to a year and a half if if not more to get their benefits when they would file, and oftentimes to get denied, and he was like, guaranteeing people benefits and guaranteeing them faster than anyone else, like thirty days or less. So if you needed benefits and you were yeah. out of work, like yeah. this, this guy could do something no one else could.
3: How did he figure that out? Do you guys know? I mean, where did it all start? How did he figure it out? Well, I you
8: know we did a whole four-part documentary series explaining that. Right, I understand.
5: I, oh, so you don't want to give away the, the star? Will that be airing anytime soon? <laughs> yes, will
3: that be on television? Do you know, if, uh, no. So you don't want to give it away? I understand if you don't want to give anything away because I do want to watch the show. But this stuff. The only reason I was that. Sorry, go ahead. No, you just broke up a little bit, actually. Go ahead. Uh, so this,
8: part of it is that with. Um, with this situation it really is a a product of the system you know social security has largely been the same for 50 years or more and uh, one thing that is a a huge part of it is that and this is something that brian and i didn't even understand when we started this you you think social security is literally just for retirement you you hit a certain retirement age you start to collect your uh your unemployment your social security checks right but with this situation there's actual Social Security disability benefits. If you get injured while you're working and you really can't work again, it's basically the same as retire- being retired. You can get these benefits through Social Security, and it's hundreds—it's over $100 billion part of this whole entire thing. And so when you don't have the checks and balances in place to keep this thing honest, something like this can happen, and then you have public officials who can start looking at this thing like one main judge that Eric was working with, and if you have someone on the inside and someone on the outside working together, it just makes an unstoppable
3: force. Do you guys think, I mean, did you go all the way back and study Social Security, do you think it was ever a good idea to put Social Security in the general fund? I thought that what a huge mistake that was.
6: Uh, Well, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that are debatable about what... uh, you know how how and what should have been done, and ultimately, it's where we are now. And what can we do to make this a better system, right? Yes, yes. Um, but this is this is such a it's a it's a complex uh, it's a complex, wild, and you know, complicated um, system to navigate. And it's one of the reasons why he really was able to get away with this fraud for so many years is like people just weren't paying attention, or they couldn't figure out. What it was. I mean, on the surface, uh, like we didn't set out to say, "Hey, we're really attracted by social security." Let's make a documentary series. I mean, after uh, a few years ago, we made a, a documentary series called McMillions uh, about the oh, McDonald's. Oh, sure, up, watched it. And you know, we 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 loved how zany and quirky and funny, but yet you know, uh, sincere that story was, and relatable in some cases, and. The big con, you know, it's equally as it's funny and zany and wild, but it's the stakes are so much bigger, and uh, and the tragedy in this story is also far greater. So, um, with with Eric and what he was doing, he really knew how to navigate this system in a way that no one else did, and you know, the story is just it, it has. Uh, you know, these whistleblowers from the government agency they are like these un- un- unknown heroes uh, in this story. But it's got, you know, Wall Street Journal reporters, has got federal investigators, got voodoo dolls, porn stars,
9: uh, <laughs> Halloween
6: stories, <laughs> things in Thailand, uh, and this insane escape story that he tells us about um, that you just can't, you know, you could never even imagine writing.
3: The whole thing is just so so amazing to me. You know, all I can think of while we're talking is you look at the world the way it is right now. You look at the big con, Eric Kahn and all the things that went on there. It it, it amazes me that the arrogance of human beings, and it's not just Americans. It's around the world, and it has been the entire existence of the planet. Talking yourself in the fact that you deserve to steal money from other people. Amazing. I don't know how you get to that. Area where all of a sudden, no matter what I do, it's okay because I'm doing it. How did have we always been like that? Since the, did the cave people steal each other's, steal each other's raw bones? <laughs> you know, I guess probably. so.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I just I don't
3: understand how you can talk yourself into cheating people who are on social security out of money. It's disgusting. Well, it's it's when
8: you look at it. and Yeah, it is, unfortunately, something that existed forever. I mean, you have uh, stories of of people in medieval times pretending to be lords and ladies just (laughs) to be able to get into a certain court. You have, you know, things happening in the 1800s with the the whole idea or the the concept of a snake oil salesman is around because those were hustlers, those were fraudsters that were hustling people. And as long as there's money involved, especially a huge amount of money where you have uh, what you have with Social Security, there's always going to be people that are going to try and take advantage and take it. The Wall Street Journal reporter who really broke this whole story, he actually did two other stories on Social Security, of two other massive frauds, and we're doing a companion podcast along with the series on Apple TV Plus that comes out tomorrow, May 6th, just like the series does. And we actually go deeper into that whole situation of these two other massive frauds that were going on that were broken by the Wall Street Journal and how all of this happens. And it just really comes down to if there's a lot of money involved, you need more checks and balances, and there just weren't enough for that.
3: Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm doing. The checks and balances are a very difficult thing for us these days, apparently. I don't really understand why it's so hard to just check on people's work. or what. Look, I mean, I've been, we've all been through it. I remember several years ago, I went to dinner with a guy uh, that I had known about 10 years. It was just the two of us. I paid the bill, and I left the tip in cash. <clears throat> and it wasn't a you know, sizable tip, but I left it on the table in cash. We walked out, and he said, oh, man, i I, I got I to gotta go hit the head, man. I'll be right back. So he goes in, and I look in through the front window. He doesn't go to the bathroom. He goes back to our table and steals the tip.
7: I've was, he in, I've, was he in radio? Maybe. What? <laughs> he goes, was he in radio?
8: <laughs> is, is he on the call right
3: now? <laughs> no, he's not on the call right now. But it just amazed me that he thought that I wouldn't be able to know that he took my tip. Mm. I just... How do you talk yourself into the fact, because he had just seen the tip be placed maybe five minutes earlier, Yeah, in five minutes he thought, that money should be mine, not hers, because I left it for the server.
6: Wow. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely going to be you know people that uh, will do the uh, outlandish version of stealing tip money, uh, and you know, we'll be there to make a documentary series about them when they do. Um, in this Love case, it. it was it was really about ignoring a problem. And I think that that's one of the sure. things that we talked about a lot is that you know these two whistleblowers who were working at the government agency they spotted this fraud immediately and they said, "Hey, there's a problem here. This judge and this lawyer are doing something that shouldn't be <laughs> that that is not really supposed to be happening." and uh, all their supervisors ignored it. People saw this happening, and they, and they realized, like, "Hey, well, this is it's good for us. It's good for everybody else. And like, we're not gonna like, he's very powerful. We're not gonna, we're not gonna meddle. And when you ignore a problem, it doesn't just go away. It just becomes a bigger problem. And not only did it become a bigger problem, but they actually tried to stop these two whistleblowers from getting the word out and letting other people know, hey, something <laughs> wrong is happening here. And It gets to the point where this story, you know, has, like, I mean, you'll see it with Eric C. Kahn and and the the outlandish lifestyle and, you know, Rolls Royces and, you know, the the flashy lifestyle that he had and the billboards and TV commercials. But the tragedy of this is a cautionary tale to what happens when you ignore a problem.
3: And, and why would they? They just didn't want to be bothered with it. They thought it was too tough a case. They didn't want to piss off their friends. Why did they ignore it? Or is that something else I'm learning by watching well, the big con? He,
8: hey, you'll, you'll learn about it. But what we can say about that is there are so many things that are linked to what was going on. And social oh. security, it's a numbers game. So when they're... When they're doing all of this work and trying to get these people help, there's such a backlog that there's an emphasis on doing things as fast as possible and getting as many people oh, through the sure. system as fast as possible. Sure, and that's where you run into a problem because when you have that, then all your bonuses, all your promotions, all the accolades for the individual Social Security offices in their different regions is all based around how many people can we move through this system. And that's when you have people who are you know, willing to turn a blind eye or, or, or you know, be willfully ignorant on something that was pretty shady going on because it's helping the office in general. It's helping them get accolades, helping them get attention on a national level. And that's where you have those types of problems come to light.
3: What a story this is. What do you think, Mike?
7: Uh, I think that the, uh, that the nation's dermatologists are going to be very envious. <laughs> why would that be oh you know they're they're making tens of millions of dollars that's uh, true and uh yeah it's i i think i I, what what can i add to that no you're right you know just it's a lifestyle profession just like stealing
3: well i suppose i i I suppose that is true you know the
7: hours are good the pay is good you know they
3: don't get up at four in the morning like morning radio
6: guys
7: no no there's you know you're not going to find yourself with brain damage when you're 65 doing this you might be in prison but
6: yeah, but I mean, it, it, I don't know about skin doctors. You know, that's that's a whole different breed of people having to to look at uh, odd yeah. odd things all uh, day long. I mean, with Social Security, you're just dealing with uh, with numbers and you know people who are um, um, who are struggling to uh, to make ends meet. And, and in this case, I think when when we when you get into this documentary series, you're going to see a really fascinating character. And you're going to also see this really complex system, but done in a, and I think in a really fun. I mean, James and I have put so much time and energy into like making these uh, types of frauds engaging, in, in uh, and hopefully um, uh, a, a great, you know, a great conversation piece to say like, man, what are we doing here?
3: Yeah, and that's exactly it. Boy, I just you guys, I mean, this is a bit off-topic. Off well, it's not really off-topic because it's about the two of you. You guys have been very, very busy and very successful. It's, what a terrific list of, of things you have. You
8: know, we've been really fortunate. Uh, I mean, with McMillions, we, we got to do that full deep dive with HBO. And we've been really, really excited to work with Apple TV Plus mm-hmm. on the big con. Uh, we're actually doing another project with them that will be coming out later this year. We're just... We really are... Uh, uh, there's just a certain level of these stories that really speak to us in the sense that, you know, we love the gray area of life. Like, uh, you think of things as cops and robbers, but it really isn't like that. Because good people sometimes make bad decisions and get themselves in way over their heads. and We just... Uh, we like to see what decisions go into getting you into that place.
3: God, there's one title I have to get to that that, that just fascinates me. Uh, the audio series will be part of Apple TV Plus original podcast now streaming on Apple Podcasts. By the way, whoever it was at Apple that set that up. That's a brilliant move. I think they. All, I don't know if they all do it now, but uh, podcasting digital is a huge part of the success of a lot of TV uh, TV shows. All the rest of it. I mean, they they help one another. There's no question. So that was that was a, that was a brilliant move there. But I uh, no, I do love the title "Run, Bambi, Run." I like that one a lot. Uh, Wild Things, Siegfried, and Roy, Hooked. But there's the title. The problem with John Stewart. That's an interesting title. What's that all
6: about? <laughs> <laughs> I love that title. Yeah, there's some good titles. I think the Big Con is up there uh, with them. And, yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we're we're stoked. I mean, everything that Apple TV Plus has been putting out has just been. Phenomenal. We, we're excited to be a, a part of the family and to see, um, to see this get out there, uh, uh, you know, in the world uh, tomorrow, day six.
3: Now, does it feel good to you guys? I mean, you, you're helping people, obviously, by putting, putting this out there. You're informing people. That's what you wanted to do, uncovering crime and all the rest of it. But does, it's got to feel pretty good, uh, helping all these people, particularly people in their 80s and 90s, who kind of need that Social Security check, right?
8: Yeah, and for us, this is really our version of an issue, Doc. You
3: know, we we can
8: lure you in with the crazy, you know, gallivanting, bigger, larger-than-life character of Eric C. Khan, but underneath it all, there are people that are still fighting for their benefits. Once Eric got caught, everyone got cut off that ever saw him, whether they were actually injured or needed the benefits or not. And there are still a, a lot of people that are fighting to get those benefits back, fighting tooth and nail against Social Security Administration. We hope that this shines a light on this whole situation, and some systematic changes can be can come forward, and then that these people can get their benefits back
6: because they need them to survive.
3: And that's the part I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, and it's, it's not just
6: yeah, and it's, it's not just uh, you know retired people. I mean, we're talking about the disability portion of it, where you know people, young people who cannot work anymore, um, who are relying on this like lifeline, but. We all pay into this, right? All of us, as as taxpaying, uh, you know, Americans, uh, pay into the system. It's a safety net, and when people abuse it, they're stealing from all of us. And so, it really is something that affects all of us. Anytime anyone does something like this, like we need to make sure that there's accountability and uh, things put in place. So, you know, you can watch the series, have a lot of fun with it, and you know, laugh and enjoy the zaniness of it. But yeah, there's an undertone to it that um, that definitely will speak to everybody.
3: See, so, yeah, that's a that's a really good thing. I, I just uh, the thing that I've never understood about people like this, and I got to point out, yeah, I pointed out quite a bit on the show just about the way I think. But I grew up in a very very poor neighborhood, and I can't I don't even know how many people in that neighborhood were on on benefits, whether it be Social Security or welfare or whatever. Uh, I watched them. I watched them stand in line, and if they didn't get that check, they were in major trouble. There wasn't going to be any food on the table that night. Uh, and the other side, so knowing that is a little difficult. And then the other side of it is, uh, you know, let's say, uh, you, Brian or James, do either one of you have children? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, i got two. So you do realize when they go after you, they go in after your wife, after your children, after your husband, whatever you – i i don't understand how people don't fathom the fact that if i go after you i'm going after everybody in your family and i don't know how you sleep at night doing that
6: it's it, yeah i mean I, I think that just in general i mean the uh, part of the tragedy of the story i mean there were um there were you know their lives lost uh associated with yeah. the story um that's get all dark on you here but um it, it is It's part of the humanitarian crisis that was happening in eastern Kentucky at this time. I mean, this whole community was def- def- you know, decimated as a result of what happened here. And um, and a lot of people, you know, point the finger to, to Eric Khan and will say, like, oh, he was just, you know, narcissistic, you narcissistic, know, greedy attorney. And he's a lot more complex than that. I think that people are going to be surprised by how they feel about him but also realize, like, how many other players were a part of this. Um, it's, it's, it's certainly surprising.
3: It is indeed. Brian Lazarte, James Lee Hernandez. The next series, The Big Con, a new Apple TV Plus original true crime docuseries, reveals the outrageous true story of the biggest federal fraud in U.S. history. The Big Con premieres with all four episodes on May 6th Tomorrow. Globally on Apple TV Plus, along with a companion podcast, it goes even deeper into this. Almost that's that is again. Let me say it. I already said it, but I'll say it again. That's brilliant. You come out with the uh, with the all four episodes, and then you also have a podcast about it. That's man. That's how to get, that's how to get things heard and seen. I'll tell you that. Really, really good move. Uh, you can watch Trail on YouTube.com. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. Uh,
6: yeah. All right,
3: all right yeah, gentlemen. Just, all right, we'll get we get back to work and process. make. It- make more stuff all this crazy stuff
8: apple tv plus and our team here at fun have all been fantastic
3: i'm glad to hear that brian james thanks for your time today oh thank you have a good day bye thanks a lot that's it that does fascinate me though how people can just sit there and steal hundreds of millions of dollars and they just don't care
5: you know what it's kind of an interesting tie-in uh, that the fraud came from that part of the country, which is coal country, right? Right. Did you ever watch Dope Sick? About I'm watching the, it right now. Yeah. Well, th- that's the reason that the Sacklers targeted that community yeah. because of the yep. high numbers of young uh, worker comp cases
7: and stuff. Gosh. Yeah. And, and you know, it's a, there's this this whole layer of hopelessness there. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which right. feeds into this. It does. The, no doubt know, about and it. I wonder, one thing I wonder about is the unintended consequences that come from something like this because, you know, Social Security administration, they're going to be forced to react. But you know how they'll react? They'll start like confiscating people's wheelchairs.
3: Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Well, uh, they're still chirping about the fact that someday Social Security is going to go dry. And this certainly doesn't help too much now, does it? No. Um,
5: I could fix it in five minutes.
3: Good, I'm glad to hear it. What do you do? Take it out of the general fund?
5: Mm-hmm. No, uh, I would eliminate the cap on income for paying in. Yeah, because you know, yeah. it stops it. I think it's like $130,000. That's and right. And you could probably drop the actual percentage. Because, you know, when there's an employee-employer relationship, the employee pays seven and a half, the employer pays seven and a half. Mm-hmm. If they increased it so everybody that's working participates in it, you'd probably drop it to four or five.
7: So you're saying all yeah. you'd have to do is basically get more money from the people who control the political system?
3: Right. That's all he's saying, yeah, Mike? Yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be a problem at all. Uh, we're going to take a break here. But I, I do want to come back and talk a little bit about the, the situation in America right now because, well, it's not just America either. It's the entire world. Uh, has a huge problems right now. People, well, I'll tell you what, we'll take a break, and we'll come right back and, and talk about it at that point. Mike Gelfand in studio, Doug Sprinthal, Andy, some other hun yuck. We'll be right back. Dan Chesky's here from Dan's Southside Marine. It won't be long now until we start seeing boats on the water. Warmer temps and open water are coming soon, Tom. We have inventory in stock now from Alumacraft, Premier,
5: Avalon, and Manitou with more arriving daily. What's the secret to finding a boat you're looking for
3: this year, Dan?
5: My recommendation is to shop now, pick a model, put your name on it. Our team of pros at Dance Southside Marine will have the knowledge and experience to get the boat you want equipped the way you want it equipped.
3: What about financing options?
5: Right now, we are offering low-interest financing options up to 144 months with qualified credit.
3: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Thank you again to our uh, very special guest. The Big Con, the name of it, it's on Apple Plus TV. So that's good. I have to ask you guys a question because I I do not watch the nightly news anymore. Uh, I used to, you know, because it's part of my job to know what the hell's going on, right? But you can't watch it. And I, I, I should say I can't watch it, whether it's Fox or CNN or any of them. Because I just don't hear any of them telling the truth about anything. Um, and then this morning I get in, I had, I had completely blanked out the, uh, or blocked out, excuse me, the news last night. First story I read this morning is people are very, very upset because it's Cinco de Mayo, and if you wear uh, any Mexican garb whatsoever, it's cultural appropriation. So in other words, if I today go down and have a couple of drinks and wear a sombrero to celebrate your holiday, I'm appropriating your culture. How is that possible?
5: I never understood the whole 5th of May thing anyway, because they don't really celebrate it in no. Mexico, do
3: they? No, they do not. <laughs> not at all. But how, if I wear a sombrero to, to celebrate your holiday, how is that cultural appropriation? I don't get that. Do you guys understand that? Can you just ignore the stupid people? No, because it's 99% of them.
0: Mm, I don't know about that. I think you entrench yourself in the stupid people, and then you think that there's a lot more of them than they are. You really think that's true? Yes. Well, was in the newspaper this morning. Well, that
3: case closed. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. They're all lying to make money. Pretty much, yeah. That's exactly what uh, I'm talking now, about. Now,
7: wait a minute. The newspapers are not making money.
3: Well, that's, <laughs> that's a very good point. <laughs> hey, wait what? a minute. What? Making money? <laughs> what are you talking about?
7: They're just barely getting by.
3: Yeah. No, I don't know. I just... Like I said, I grew up with people of all all types, I guess, is the best way to... But I, mm-hmm. I just... And it's not just that. It's, it's the soul. Every time that I want to do something, does that mean, so basically I should be wearing a kilt because a Bernard name barnard is a scottish name so please, i should be please, wearing kilt. please don't yeah, but no
7: you, no no i'm appropriating my own culture easy for you to say you got the legs for it
0: <laughs> yeah that's exactly right there's a reason the kilt has gone out of fashion uh, a couple hundred years ago well
3: Mom still got that picture of me wearing one over in scotland because mm-hmm. they didn't have any pants that i could wear
0: <laughs> that was just a prank they play on americans yeah probably sure. it's probably
3: true no, I just. I, I, are we ever going to get back to being somewhat happy, or are we just going to no. be more miserable? The stop time goes reading
0: on? the news. Yes,
7: there's too much it's money. It's my to... job, Andy. I don't know if you know that or not.
0: <laughs> well, then you'll never be happy. Okay, there, well there you, know, you go.
7: There, there appears to be a pretty good industry going on in dividing the country. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Party. If
0: no one paid attention to these people, then there would be no problem. The problem is that they hear. This right. division and this agitation, and then they get mad, and then the country gets worse. And they, but and everyone people, just ignored yeah. them.
7: But people want to get mad. That's yes, the real they problem. they do. They love being angry, and they mm-hmm. love having it stoked night after night. Yep. They but sure
3: the problem don't. is, and you guys, and you know, I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I have had people go after me for this woken <clears throat> bullshit. Uh, you don't want to go through that, man. It ain't pretty, and it ain't comfortable. Mm. Um, I'm sorry, but it, unless you've been through it, you don't know what that feels like.
7: Well, the yeah. trick
0: is learning how to threaten people without actually threatening them. <laughs> Damn so, it! Geez, your house sure is nice over there on two three five Cedar Street. <laughs> yeah. it's kind That's of pretty mafia subtle. Deal. Yeah. Exactly.
7: <laughs> it's
0: kind of the mafia
3: subtle. I'd
7: hate it. to see something happen exactly. to, it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to
3: your lovely home. No, I don't know. It just—it's not even the news. It just makes me sad that people, first of all, want to be a victim, uh, and then. How they treat each other like dirt. Why don't you? You got a 100 years, man. Would you just be decent, have a good time, and calm the F down? What's wrong with that idea?
7: Boring. It's doesn't too make boring. People money.
3: It's too. And it doesn't make a money, I suppose. That's probably true.
7: Yeah, you're, you know, you got to think next level, Tom.
3: I do. I really should. How do I get there, Mike?
7: I, I, I don't know. You, you have to fail into it. So I, I don't know.
3: <laughs> you have to, well, you probably do. No, I, I don't want. Any, look. I got to be honest with you. I hear these arguments all the time. This side and that side, and I don't know. Uh, whenever I do watch the news, I, I try to watch. Well, not I try. I do watch both sides of the issue. I don't see any good guys. I really don't. Uh, I watch the news, and whether it's Fox or CNN or NPR, what there are no good guys. You can, as you just said, it's all about the money
7: or power. Sometimes power. sometimes. Well, money is power. Yeah. If, if you take a I mean, look, yeah, it, it ultimately
0: yeah. is all about power it is yeah
7: yeah it's a money's a way to get there I mm-hmm. guess I I don't know I think you know I I read uh I read, a, I read a, a great profile of Mitch McConnell and the author of the of the piece said said that she looked desperately looked for someone some friend of Mitch who would tell her you know about the the gentle side the nice side and actually one of his friends said to the to the woman who wrote the story you're looking the wrong place it's it's just about power that's, that's all I mean, there yeah, is to that's him it's all there all it is to all of them Well, is there one that well isn't? and he's but i mentioned him because he's the most powerful yeah, guy probably yeah. in the world well, might be yeah i mean he's the guy who yeah he just he he knows which which buttons to push and he knows how to and and he doesn't care i mean he could just as easily be a liberal it wouldn't matter as long as oh, he no, had the it power. Doesn't matter
3: to him. Oh, he's, he's actually leaned that way heavily just to prove how powerful he is. Yeah. You know, you've got the Adam Shifts of the world, and he's, you know, all li- oh, he does. He, I don't even use, need to use names. They all are filthy, lying pigs, as far as I can tell. All of them. All right, you got any good ones out there?
5: I'm not going to defend politicians. <laughs> I, just don't, I don't
3: have the energy. <laughs> yeah, really. I'd take a lot of
7: work. I'd say uh, Katie Porter.
3: Katie is Porter. That? Which one that,
7: that that's mean? a name to know. She is a uh, a member of the House of Representatives from California, mm-hmm. and she is the one who just humiliates billionaires. I like her. Like you know, insurance companies people who you know, and and she'll, when these people testify before Congress, she'll say, um, "So how much does your average worker make a year?" And there's a guy, you know. And how much do you make a year? Well, I, I don't really know. And so she'll tell them how much. <laughs> and he'll. See, and, I love so, that. So, and she'll say. So, so when they can't answer. So all right. So this is how much your average worker makes: uh, twenty-four thousand eight hundred dollars a year. Do you, how, how how would you go about making a living that way? How would you go about feeding your family? Right. Educating your child. How would you do that? Well, I'd have to get back to you on that. You know. Just, I'd have to get back to you. It's just brilliant.
3: So Katie Porter,
7: yeah, and she's not. She's never going to be president. Probably never be a, a senator.
3: Okay, so I do like her.
7: But but yeah, look her up. She's. I mean, she's fantastic. And also, you know, she's not. And I think it, I think it's still a case in America where women have to look good to uh, to, you, to move up the ladder. You might be right about and that. And Katie Porter is not a great looking woman. I not. mean, she's not horribly ugly, but. I don't think she has the pizzazz. That's a cute woman named Katie Porter. Is she like better looking cute. than Mitch McConnell? Well, yeah, I, yeah, I guess so. I, <laughs> I mean, don't know
3: if she is or not. She could be struck by
7: lightning and look better by Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Isn't
3: that the truth?
7: Uh, Whatever yeah. happened to Mitch McConnell's mouth?
3: I don't know, he never, opened it. Well, 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 he well, never well. opens well. it. He never opens no. his mouth. I was talking to him yesterday and the guy I wonder oh, what yeah. he's hiding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the hell it's all about. Now, you have to remember, many people don't know this, but I voted for a Democratic woman for president. People don't even know I did that, even though I've talked about it a number of times. Mm-hmm. That's the other part of it, is I like the fact that people only remember the things they want to remember.
7: Yeah, That's well, hilarious. I, you know, I there was a time when I voted for a number of Republicans running for local offices. Yeah, mm-hmm. but now even to the local office, they you know they have to recite the big lie and all that crap. But
3: which which big lie? Because there's so many of them right now. Well,
7: I'm, I'm just talking about the one you know about yeah. the election that that, one, that one, the one Trump that really said that wanted. Trump didn't win? Uh, it, you mean that one? Yeah, but Hillary. It's the same argument. But it's Mike. not the same. It is. You didn't have an entire party. Saying, "Well, actually, we won." When obviously you didn't. You lost by seven million votes. Well, that's no, there's what they never say. been anything like this. Come on, Tom. I look. I mean, oh, I understand your that, point. That my point is, they're all filthy. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't even argue with that.
3: No, that's I, the only point I have. I don't have any other. Yeah, point
7: I, about I mean, it. I just think it's. It, it keeps being. It, it just. It goes to a next level like every, you know, three weeks. That's all I'm saying.
3: Does it really? I'm, I don't pay any attention to that stuff at all. Like I said, I, I voted for, uh, for a, uh, a woman of color from mm-hmm. Hawaii, a Democrat, a Democrat woman of color. That's who I voted for. <laughs> and apparently I was a fool for doing that. I just thought she, I thought she would have been a terrific president.
5: Mm-hmm. I, well, is she on the outs now, though?
3: Oh, with everybody. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, everybody hates. Well, because she actually tells the truth. You don't need a truth teller in there. I mean, this is what she's what was she was like a master sergeant in the United States Army on top of it, I believe.
5: I thought she was in the Air Force. Was it the but Air,
3: Air Force? Wrong. Well, no, no, you probably are right. The Air Force
7: Well here let's look up Tulsi.
3: Tulsi Gabbard is her name, ladies now, and gentlemen. Yeah, she's
7: very bitter now. She's she's because she didn't get nominated, now she's becoming a Republican, right?
3: I don't think so. I did. I, well, I don't know. I, is it? Did you hear that on the news or something?
7: No, I, I've just I've I've seen her, you know, doing bits on Fox and and probably other.
3: Oh, she does she, yeah, yeah, bits on Fox, and yeah.
7: she's you know she doesn't. Let's just say she doesn't talk like any Democrat I've ever heard of. Well, she used. To. She just all she does is lash out at the party. Well, you know, if, if everybody who ran for president lashed out at their own party, because you know there's going to be a hundred of them running for president. Right.
3: But don't you think she was treated pretty poorly by both parties
7: i I really was not that aware of her i have to say Uh,
3: i was i spent a lot of time reading it
7: but but i know what you're saying that she wasn't allowed to be part of the right yeah and but she wasn't the only one who probably got a raw deal
3: no oh god there's no no question about like
5: u.s army reserve
3: yeah she was in the army that's what i thought yeah but um look i just it's tough you've got children you know, you and Doug yep. both have children. Andy's got a child. Now I have two children. That's the part that, that really annoys me, the right. fact that these people can piss our money away. We have got some major, you know the stock market, this morning, I don't know where it is now, no, but it was 1,000 points yeah, last I checked. Uh,
7: yeah. Well, that was, you know, inevitably it was going to happen. Yes. That was a real bubble. That, was, that was just a, a creation out of thin air. It
3: was, and it's going to get worse. Uh, there, it, this is just absolutely disgusting, yeah, what, what's going probably, on. Yeah, probably, yeah. I honestly got, uh, Brian Zepp was telling the story. He went and got a sandwich, a uh, lobster roll sandwich and a beer at uh, a restaurant out in Utah. Mm-hmm. A uh, lobster roll sandwich and a beer, $67. Oh, my God.
5: Lobster is $30 a pound. It's like 30, in, the, in
3: the grocery store. In the grocery store. Yeah, stores. it's not going to
5: be
7: cheap. <laughs> and then you got to
3: chase it and throw it in the pot and shell it. I mean, I, I could see 40 bucks, but $67? Jesus. I can
7: top that. I paid $32 for a tuna fish sandwich. Now, that shouldn't have happened, especially because there probably was no tuna fish in the sandwich. <laughs>
3: right. Man, what was that? Was that a Subway deal? <laughs> it could have been. <laughs> what is What was that supposed to be again in the Subway stores? It was supposed to be it tuna, was, and it wasn't.
7: It was supposed to be tuna, and, and I can't remember what exactly it was. But as mm, it know. turns out, it, that probably was not unique to Subway. No, absolutely. oh, you're no. right about
3: that. You know, it, it, it is kind of heartbreaking in the fact that I grew up, and uh, you know, the Catholic, being a Catholic, my mother raised us. My mother was an ardent Democrat. She she loved, well, like I said, she had three pictures on the wall: the Pope, uh, President Kennedy. And Dean Martin, <laughs> the three guys she had up on the wall. She had to put a Catholic up there. I mean, it had to happen. Remember, w-
7: remember what a what a big deal it was that people thought it would never happen—a Catholic.
3: Oh, be, be president!
7: Now they run the Supreme Court. Look well, how times change. Joe yeah.
3: Biden's a Catholic.
7: Yeah. So there
3: you go. I mean, you got two two Catholic presidents now. There you have it. <laughs> Which I did you ever think of a Catholic president? Both of them were Democrats. But my mother was an ardent Democrat. Actually, in the inner city, the, the Catholics in the inner city are all Democrats. Well, I kind of look at it that way.
7: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes back to the unions and, and right. other phenomena. Correct. But, yeah.
3: No, it's absolutely uh, – you know, I'm just trying to look for a little comfort in a world. I'm at that point in my life now. Like, Could we, everybody just, just leave each other alone? What are you doing? I mean, honest to God, and it all starts, and as far as I'm concerned, on the fact that all people do now is lie. That's all they do. Why? Why don't you just tell the truth? You can act like a man. <laughs> all right, I'll let it go. Well, they tell
7: I, they they tell the truth. They say they tell the truth, so you don't believe them,
3: huh? They're telling the truth about telling the truth? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're
7: asking? That's kind of what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, look,
3: you know, I've had a great life. I have a wonderful family, great friends. I don't, I don't like my coworkers on the podcast, but, you well,
5: know. Can't have it all. Yeah. Time. I mean, life can't be perfect. Otherwise, it would be boring.
3: No, that's true. But, I mean, I, I just consider myself to be very, very fortunate. I had a great career and all the rest of it. I just try to be happier out there because you're dragging yeah. me down. Well, man. You know,
7: I mean, I feel the same way, but, you know, you talk about having kids and, What are we leaving him with? That's, that's. I know.
3: No, you're right about that. Andy, what are we leaving you with? Uh,.
0: I guess that's for your uh, lawyer to decide when the I time don't comes. I think he meant that way. <laughs>
3: oh, oh, I see.
7: <laughs>
3: he wants to know the dollar figure. That's, what to the great, penny, yeah, to the penny. I want to know what the hell's going on. How here. much capital gains am I going to be paying on this? I don't <laughs> know. It just, it's, that, it's just how I grew up. and I, just, mm-hmm. I really don't have a political party now. I'm just kind of stuck in the middle as a centrist going, well, can we... Why don't we all just try to get along, Rodney King, Rodney. baby? That's all I have to say. It would be nice, though, don't you think? Yeah, I agree. It's never going to happen, though, is it?
5: You know, there's always the danger that we're going to look back on this as being the good old it's, days at yeah. some point.
3: Oh God! Well, I know, I know what you're saying, but mm-hmm. boy, it could get
0: real hideous. World kinda. War Three, yeah. Civil War Number Two—there's oh. all sorts of stuff that could happen. So, uh, you know.
7: Yeah, it'll still be the 50s for me, though. The 50s? Yeah, those are the good old days. You, you I mean, you know, me. we weren't really at war after... After um, Korea. After Korea. Yeah. And, you know, you had Ike as president. He ran as a Republican because he figured... it Probably have a better chance of getting elected that yeah, way. Yeah, I think that's. But he true. didn't have any real allegiance to any kind. No, of, he did not. Kind of anything really. No, he, he, he didn't. That's he just wanted to play golf and uh, and avoid war and build highways. hmm Three, uh, good three admirable things. Yeah, exactly. And actually oh, no, Accomplished yeah. all of them. Yeah, he did. Yeah.
3: Well, people don't know. That's why we have an interstate the interstate system. Yeah. yeah. It's because mm-hmm. because Eisenhower moving troops. Mm-hmm.
7: Yeah. On the other hand, it ruined all those family motels
3: oh it certainly did didn't it those things got pushed aside in a in a heartbeat there's still
7: a few left but people are basically paying rent by the hour
3: <laughs> and do they know the woman they're with
7: um <laughs> uh, bring your daughter to work day <laughs> yeah uh-huh. well, that's a sexist question the, it really is. they're not
3: always with women that's a mm-hmm. good point see tom you oh, homophobe unless they're women Unless they're women, well, it all depends.
7: No, yeah, I say you know you know that I have a fascination with those motels, the ones that are still around.
3: I remember the Cloverleaf out on Lindell Avenue. Cloverleaf on uh. Lindell—that
7: uh, was very popular among some of the twins. Well, that's, oh, that's the right. one on—is either Minnehaha or Hiawatha
5: had the little airplane on it. Was oh, that
7: one. That, that was the. What was the airport in, wasn't it? it was the airport in. Yeah. Well, I thought you were talking about the Falls Motel. That, no, was, that a was the one that down, had the Farther north, of, north yeah. from there. Because the Falls was notorious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For what? Well. Being close to the uh, Minnehaha Falls? For really nothing that would be very shocking today, but. <laughs> no, the, the worst motel in the Twin Cities is probably the Aqua City Motel. Oh,
3: the Aqua City. I remember the Aqua City. Yeah, it's like, you know,
7: it's, it's like, um, how would I put it, uh, uh, come for the mold and, and stay for the theft, you know. I nice. think that's their slogan.
3: What was it? one out there on 55 just short of uh, Douglas Drive? Was it Oh, yeah. Was it just the Golden Valley Motel?
7: it might have been yeah i think it
3: was i honest to god did anybody ever stay there that
7: wasn't a hooker Mm.
5: (laughs) that wasn't wasn't the white house out there the The white
7: house so i just started to say the white house yeah and the white house was kind of a classy place
3: at one time yeah yeah
7: one time yeah
3: at one time it was but i still have enough faith in humanity should i give up my faith in humanity because i still have enough faith in humanity that we're going to get through this
7: well, you have to. You have to have some hope. Yeah,
3: you, would, you would think, yes. You, you take that's away coming hope. from Gelfand,
7: of all people. you got to like yeah. some people. Well, I, mean, I didn't want to say it, but thank you. I mean, you know, my my family history tells me that if you don't have hope, you don't got nothing.
3: No, you're right. You're absolutely—and that's—don't you wonder sometimes— and I suppose this is part of my problem, the fact that I look back and go, I, I thought I would get past all this some
7: Yeah, I know. Yeah. I
3: thought I would, you know, my dad went down off the rails and, you know, poor as hell and we we're doing this and everybody that. But you look back, man, and it's like, is this ever going to end? Seriously.
7: Well, you think, you think uh, that, I think we thought when we were young that, we were going to resolve all our problems. Yeah, oh, I did. We yeah. Every young that.
0: person is like, "Yeah, I'm going to yep. I'm going to fix the world when I grow up."
7: And and now, the reality is that when when people go to see shrinks, therapists, whatever, they're what they're really looking for is just the the power to accept. What has happened? Yeah, that's all. It's not. You that's know. all you
0: can hope for. Though.
7: Right? Exactly. Oh, no, you're absolutely
0: right. Well, that's one of the problems of our increasingly global world is that everyone is constantly worried about what's going on everywhere. Yeah. Whereas 60 years ago, that really wasn't the case unless it was something enormous,
5: like nuclear war
0: annihilation. Yeah, exactly. That's all yeah. we had to worry about. Under the desk, well, control, yeah. before World War II, you asked the average American, "What's going on outside of our own borders?" Quite they no idea. Have, they were like, "I don't care. I live here." And that's what everyone was like back before the era of you know constant world wars and flying overseas to fight battles on behalf of other people. You know, a hundred years ago, the world was a lot smaller of a place, so that means a lot fewer problems.
3: You know, what's amazing about that, Andy, is that you know where I grew up was murder central for the state of Minnesota. Mm. The most murders. By I believe far. it still is. I believe it still is. Yes. But imagine walking down the street you're in front of Ruff Brothers Supermarket on 18th and Emerson Ruff and
9: brothers. you
3: know that R U F F that's oh. how it was called Ruff Brothers yeah You're walking along and you know that this guy got killed that guy got mm. killed blah 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 and then all of a sudden you started hearing sonic booms, but nobody told you you were going to hear them.
7: Oh, yeah. Remember those, Mike? Oh, yeah. Jesus. I think a lot of people uh, freaked out, and other people had hideous, uh, you know, like like uh, migraines and other things. Oh, yeah. Because it just destroys, you know, your—I mean, there's a lot of things that mess with your brain. Oh, I would Super, so,
0: Yeah, sonic booms are pretty bad. Holy—and they it was
3: like every day for a while. Remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Every day there'd be something.
7: You walk down the street, boom! Mostly because a bunch of billionaires wanted to go to France in an hour and a half. Oh, the Concorde? Yeah, the Concorde. that, That never did very well. No, it really uh, turned out to be a bust, yeah. And what, it crashed? Well, you know,
0: yeah, then. it turns out going uh, past the speed of sound uh, takes a lot of fuel, <laughs>
3: yes,
7: if you can believe yes.
0: it. <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Did
3: you deal with sonic booms of where you grew oh, up? Oh,
5: yeah. Well, there was a, a military base oh, in Concord, okay. Massachusetts, and go. I always lived in Lexington. And when I, in my grade school, I could look out the window and watch planes take off and land. They were, you know, So they're fighter planes, and they're yeah. doing it all the time. Yeah. Right. No, I thought it was cool.
3: Well, if somebody Number had told eight. us in the inner city this right. is what this is, that yeah. would have been nice. Please plug your yeah, ears. I,
5: I seem to remember
3: I, I was aware of what caused it and what they well, were. Wait
7: a minute. So. Weren't there stories in The Spokesman?
3: <laughs> yes, I'm sure The Spokesman <laughs> had many stories. That in the St. Louis Evening World, those two <laughs> newspapers. But... I, I, I'm telling you, and the reason I bought up Rough Brothers, the supermarket, was when those booms went off, those windows rattled. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh,
7: yeah.
3: Whoa, those
7: windows no, rattled. China falling out of the
3: touch. <laughs> it's true. Yeah.
7: Think of all the matzo ball soup that exploded at Plitman's.
3: Oh, I still see Michael once in a while, you know. Yeah. Michael Plitman. I've always loved that guy. What a great guy yeah. he is. Plitman, now, now you made me... Pine for the old days. I know, I'm thinking corned
7: beef right now.
3: All right, I'll close with my Desnick Brothers story. I love this story. I'm about seven, eight years old. Desnicks used to be on the corner of Plymouth Avenue and Penn Avenue.
9: Mm -hmm.
3: Right? So I'm standing in front of Desnick Brothers, and this old man comes out, and he's wearing a Homburg hat, and he's got the top coat with the black velvet lapels. You remember those? Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, he started talking to me, and he's lighting his cigar, and, you know, I do realize a nice Jewish fellow from west of Penn, because that's where all the Jews lived. Pretty well, not always, around North Commons at first, but then the Jewish community moved right. to west of Penn Avenue. Well, my, right? my
7: grandmother was on 8th and Newton.
3: Yeah, there you go. Right there. That, that's what it was all about. Hmm. But I do remember he's, he's lighting a cigar and he's looking down the street to the east and there are all these kids running across plymouth avenue in and out of the traffic and they're just not behaving and cars are slamming on yeah. their brakes and this man assuming because i was standing on the corner in front of Desniks, that i was a little jewish boy mm-hmm. right and he's lighting a cigar and he's looking down there looking down and he finishes lighting he looks down at me and kid and goes kid don't ever act like a schmuck like that and walked <laughs> away i will never forget that it was what a it
7: hey, was a wonderful moment for takes me. a village
3: it's a, it does take a village. You're absolutely right. Oh, we got to take a break because it also takes car selling. See, Sounds coming like up you next. might have
5: some guests. I think we do. We well, they've been talking out, out there right. for like a half yes, an hour. they have. Well, they know each other well.
3: All right. We'll, we'll be, be right back.
5: back. <laughs> Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue?
3: You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No,
5: other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J Lo finally beat Dan Resch.
3: Wow, that's pretty cool.
9: What do you think of that, Andy?
3: Good timing. You heard me. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our special guest, Mark Manaccio. How you doing, Mark? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's a great pleasure. Believe me, no question about the History Channel's groundbreaking nonfiction series, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, returns for Season 3. Last night that did happen at 9 o'clock Central Time. That's where we are in that time zone. Uh, so I, what I want to do, Mark, is just shut up and hear all about this. This is a fascinating subject. <laughs> it is fascinating stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, Skinwalker Ranch has been a place, uh, personally, that I've been trying to get to for 15 years, ever since, you know, George Knapp and Tom Keller put their book out in 2005. I've pursued it. You know, my career the last 20 years in television has been all stories of the unexplained, paranormal, um, that sort of stuff. And Skinwalker's, you know, the penultimate spot you know it's it's the hot spot on the planet where you know no matter where i've been over the last 20 years you take all of those experiences combined across you know 100 different locations all those things happen on skinwalker ranch so it's like the 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 world's best living laboratory for study of phenomena and uh, unexplained activity
3: I think it's a. You know, I just saw something, Mark. I have to give you a huge compliment because having been in radio for 51 years and in the middle of that, I worked at Capitol Records for 10 years and also did voiceover for about 30 of those years. And I'm going to read a line and then said, remark about what a powerful man you must be. In my 20 years of working in documentary and unscripted television, I have created and produced, directed and written and delivered more than 200 hours of primetime television. As an executive producer and showrunner, I have managed teams of more than 100 people. Mark, you managed 100 actors. You're my
1: hero. Not not actors. Not actors. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Well, a lot. So, so it was you know, a lot. <laughs> I'll say this. So, I, you know, of course, I did a, a lot of I produced and directed a lot of different types of shows in my career. Um, you know, paranormal wasn't always an option. Right. And I did. Uh, 50 episodes. Uh, show ran 50 episodes of a show called "Sex Sent Me to the to the ER." On oh, TRC. sure. I remember that. And and yeah, and that show was a beast. We were, did the first run. We did 35 episodes in one run. So God. we had simultaneously, I had a a casting company that was looking for you know real people for real stories. Then I had uh, producers that were taking those people's stories and we were pitching them to the network. Then we had uh, teams interviewing those people and getting their stories. Then we had a whole team of writers writing the actual reenactments based off of those people's stories. And then we had in, in filming the recreations there were, you know, we did three stories an hour. So we had um, a massive team, uh, recreation team, which was, you know, directors, a whole AD department, first, second, second, second directors. Um, and we had ADs, we had um, a full, a full production management department, we had a, a, a full art department. And then, you know, as, as well as producers, right, and, and all those writers, and then I think we had like, maybe six or six to eight writers at the time. And then we were in edit on three episodes at a time. So I had my entire post department. That I had that I was overseeing. And then, so there was a point in time, you know, it's like a, a hump, right? It's like a hill you get to the top where you're doing everything at the top and then things start to fall off. So, there was a time where we were, you know, casting and pitching and interviewing real people, scripting reenactments, filming reenactments, editing episodes in online and delivering episodes, you know, uh, at the same time. So it was, you know, I think we at one point counted we had like twenty-two hundred, um, you know, boxes to tick Ooh. to to deliver the show. So that team, you know, was was well over a hundred people just because of all of those people that I that I had to that I, that I oversaw.
3: No, Mark, I know it's a it's a very very tough business. You work really really hard, but what a great thing you're you're experiencing uh yeah i know it's a lot of work but my god the the charm and the joy of it all and the, the the special feeling of it all must be terrific
1: yeah well you know i i became a storyteller because of my interest in the unexplained i grew up in this world you know my my mother um is a sensitive she was you know back in the 70s we just oh okay psychic she's sure. you know, called it psychic right yeah i mean i didn't know much of what that meant back then and it didn't seem odd to me that she you know was very spiritual still is you know um and has her beliefs in, in otherworldly things. Um, and then my father was, you know, still is a, a hardcore science fiction nut. Um, and even though he's, you know, was a Manhattan businessman, you know, loved, uh, Battlestar Galactica and Buck Rogers and Star Trek. And I grew mm-hmm. up on all this stuff mixed with my mom's real world belief in the, you know, the, the supernatural, so to speak. And so I always wanted to tell stories of sort of, um, science fiction unexplained unknown. And I, um, when I came to Los Angeles in 2000, you know, within a couple of years, sort of the unscripted television business was kicking in, and the first opportunity I got was to, uh, in the unexplained world, the paranormal world, was to work on season three of Ghost Hunters as a supervising producer. Right. Out of the field. Yeah. So, um, you know, I got to begin my career in a world that I wanted to explore right from the get-go, and it's just evolved since then.
3: That's terrific. The History Channel's groundbreaking nonfiction series, The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, uh, did return last night, as a matter of fact, 9 o'clock Central Time. And it is, uh, boy, I tell you what, the History Channel is delivering programming, Mark. The History Channel is doing a great job.
1: Yeah, they're, they're, it's, you know, it's, it's great that with all of the noise on tv especially especially in the documentary or right. factual or unscripted world that you know history is still churning out just quality content mm-hmm. right um you know and the same the same company this production company behind skinwalker ranch they also make the curse of oak island ancient aliens the unexplained um so you know they know how to do it right and and it's they know how to do it without compromise you know, um, and there's far too many projects out there that are just you know a bunch of BS, right? Just fake stuff, right? right. Um, you know, over exaggerated things. And, and History Channel, you know, is very very serious about the authenticity. You know, we have a it's it's almost an unfortunate rule from a producer standpoint, but uh, on Skinwalker Ranch, if something happens, if the investigative team, if they see something or they experience something, and we or they don't get it on camera. We can't use it. And, you know, I will say this. This season more happened than in both seasons combined prior and probably a lot of the prior investigations that were done by, whether it's OSAP, Bigelow, um, NIDS, you know, the government, whoever. Um, and so we had plenty of occurrences that we couldn't use because there was no evidence of it. And it's like, no, you can't you can't say something happened if we can't see it. Um, and we still have a mountain of just incredible experiences, evidence and phenomenon. So, um, you know, history channel sort of holds us to that standard. And and so does Brandon, by the way, and, and Travis and Eric. I mean, they're Travis and Eric, they're they're legit scientists. They're not going to, they will not risk their, you know, their reputation and their, you know, their careers to, to just make, you know, fodder entertainment. And Brandon was very clear from the get go that, you know, nothing can be untrue. So, you know, that's not the case with a lot of networks. You know, sure, and, and, sure. and in history, they have history in their name. So, um, you know, it, we're fortunate that they give us the freedom to explore and tell the story that's really existing and taking place. You know, a lot of times, <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I got along and I get along great and I love everybody in the cast. They're just such good guys and I, I consider them all friends now. But, uh, you know, there were times where we'd get into it and they'd have to remind me, the science leads the story. The story does not lead the science. Ooh. So you're right. You know, you're right. We're, we're here to document, you know.
3: the yeah, right. History Channel does a great job. As a matter of fact. You know, one thing that I love about doing the, the interviews on the podcast, this podcast has been on the air now, well, in two months it's been on the air for 10 years.
0: Yep, 10 years.
3: And I do a morning show in town. I've been on the morning show for 37 mm-hmm. years. And, and every time you talk about somebody or anybody, I have anybody on the show and they reference somebody, I have these great flashbacks, like you mentioned, the unexplained. I have interviewed uh, William Shatner at least 50 to 100 times over the year, probably (laughs) more than that. And I don't know why he does it, but every time I talk to him, he goes, Tom, how you doing, Tom? (laughs) Like made up a new way to say Tom, apparently.
1: You know, I've heard that about him, that he says people's names, you know, in his own
3: way. He does. Great guy, though. I've never had a problem with him now when i've had a couple of and he's old... still
1: going i mean yeah did he just turn like 80 or something I No, don't 93 I mean, 90, isn't he i think what oh my God. and he's and he's still doing it like i don't you know it's just 91 some people 91. the level of energy they have <laughs> i just yeah. i am just i will always be in awe of
0: 91 them. years yeah he just turned 91 in march oh he did it's crazy okay.
3: isn't that unbelievable that's yeah um, him, right So now we don't want to take anything away from the History Channel's uh, series, *The The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch*, but a little, just kind of an inkling about where we're headed with this. I don't, you know, don't reveal the story because I want to watch it. But what's it all about?
1: Yeah, um, well, lucky for you, I'm not allowed to reveal too much. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> lucky for you, Dom. But, but, but I'll say this, you know, um, w- what's great about this year's investigation is, and you can see it in the super tease, you know, the tease at the end of the show, that's the promo for what's coming down the pipe in the season. So I'm not giving too much away Good. to say that, To say that, you know, one of the primary areas of interest continues to be the triangle what's been labeled the triangle this was identified as this location early on where they you know identified a strange um energy signal from a mile up that they were able to triangulate and then they dug down below and found a strange substance that um had materials consistent with aircraft or spacecraft oh. um and and you know we we followed up directly this year in the episode that aired last night the first experiment that the guys did was a follow-up to the last experiment they did last season. They went up in the helicopter and in, in Brandon's helicopter with Cameron Fugel in order to try to get some measurements as to what was up at that five thousand foot spot above the triangle. But as they tried to engage the the region, the altimeter warning on the helicopter was was going off, saying it was only the helicopter was only forty feet above fifty feet above the ground, meaning there was something underneath them. And and there wasn't there. There was nothing there. Nobody could see anything. Now what happened was uh, after the the show um, finished filming and Eric, you know, through the footage, Eric was able to see what looks like these black streaks that are just there for a couple of frames flying underneath the helicopter. So, you know, what the heck is that? Nobody knows. So the first experiment that the guys did was they went back up in the helicopter up to that 5,000 foot spot. But this time It took a series of tubes with GPS units in them. The idea is go up to that spot. If there is something anomalous in the air, drop a bunch of GPS sensors down through it and see if later when you put the GPS data into a 3D model, you notice any sort of deviation from the flight path, right, from the descent um, for instance, if there's a gravitational anomaly, will these GPS sensors appear to go around it and therefore give us a three-dimensional image constructed of not only what the anomaly is, but exactly where it is? You know, in a true Skinwalker Ranch fashion, nothing goes according to plan. Um, <laughs> right. and, and they were just, you know, wrought with, with equipment failures and issues, but did manage to get data from two GPS units that showed not only one of the bottles Looking like it actually like hit something in the middle of the air and moved, but then the strangest thing is that the when the helicopter was on its ascent up, the GPS data showed it not only underground but flying into and out of the mesa. And if you know anything about the lore and the history, that's called that mesa part of the mesa is called Skinwalker Ridge. Oh right, you know that's that's there's a lot of stories from there. So I can tell you that what happened in last night's episode is definitely con- continued throughout the season. You know, one of the things that these guys did this year was they followed up on everything, right? There wasn't a, well, that didn't go according to plan or we got some data, let's just move on to something completely different. No, every experiment has something to do with the previous. It's imp- It was very important to them that they make sure to continue to connect those dots. So we have these great experiences with GPS data, with, you know, this anomaly above the triangle, with, you know, the the flight path in the Mesa, and I'll tell you right now, that is, that sets the tone for the entire entire season.
3: You know what I find fascinating about all that stuff, whether it's you know, a belief in a deity or a belief in in, in beings from outer space. I I looking in, I look through a telescope sometime and tell me we're the only beings in this vast vast universe. It's ridiculous to think we're the only ones here.
1: Yeah, sure. And, and as we learn more and more about the you know the multiverse, you know, yeah, or yep. or you know parallel worlds, or now we have the intersecting parallel worlds theory and quantum physics and quantum entanglement and you know uh micro micro black hole and wormhole and portals you know that was one of the things that the guys talked about with this experiment was we've been hearing this story of a portal above skinwalker ranch ever since we began the stories go back to the shermans you know who lived there when when prior to to nids and, and bigelow who saw you know portals open up in the sky and things come out um so, you know, my question is always, like, if you can accept the possibility that there's something in the air there that connects spaces, you know, spaces, places, or time, however you want to look at it, mm-hmm. what's on the other side? Right. Um, and, and, and that's really the most compelling thing to me. What's, you know, who or what is on the other side? And I, and I like to think, you know, I, I'm actually in the process of writing an article for the AlienCon online magazine about the season of The Ranch. And right. I like to say, you know, I like to believe that in some other reality, there's a group of scientists interacting with a space above their land, a spot in the sky where they've had anomalous, you know, uh, readings where, you know, every time we fire a rocket, they see a bright light. and yeah. they say, There's a UAP in the sky, you know, and they send a drone and we see a UAP or whatever. Right. I mean, I want, I, I like to think that there's um, these other possibilities that exist that are just incredibly fascinating to to wonder about from a scientific perspective as well as you know even the science fiction you know uh, sort of perspective of you know are there extraterrestrials are there interdimensional beings what know, mm-hmm. we do know one of the fascinating things about this season is you know, in 2017, when the, the Tic Tac video was released, the, the world changed overnight. You know this, you know, and, and then the acknowledgement of the of the UAP program, the federal UAP program, and then the federal UAP report summary that was released. And now the DIA documents, you know, Skinwalker Ranch was really, you know, sort of the beginning of a lot of those things. And they studied this stuff. We know that the DIA studied things like wormhole technology and, and were interested in dimensional um Transdimensional, you know technologies understanding because of their experiences at skinwalker ranch so we're we're really picking up where something left off but being able to do it in a way now that's not sort of you know wrought with the stigma that it used to be you know when i started the ghost hunting shows you know back in early 2000 people were still like i don't know if i want to tell someone my house is haunted now, oh, if sure. you tell someone your house is haunted, you got a mm-hmm. lot of people out your door <laughs> waiting to get in, right? That's true. You yeah. know. And, yeah. and so we're, we're, we're now at that point. And because of the, the acknowledgement by the federal government and governments around the world, this season, the, the investigative team was able to interact and discuss um, and get information from, from people that never would have been able to speak before.
3: Mark, I need a favor from you as we go forward, and if you ever do meet some extraterrestrial beings, could you do me a favor and ask them to come down here and and take the far left and the far right political opinions and erase them so all of us in the middle can live our lives <laughs> again? Just
2: take them to another planet. It's the, the only way, way to we're another get planet. Get it done.
1: Or, y- y- just get you them know, out of here. Not, not to go off on a, on a tangent here, but you know, people always like. Don't you think that the you know the aliens and extraterrestrials are here? And I have to say. Just from a like a logistical, logical perspective, what do we have to offer them?
9: Yeah, <laughs>
1: they're gonna want. Oh, let's go. Let's go watch this worldwide reality show of of conflict and drama. Oh and, God! You know, and and I mean, come on. You know, and, and I say that jokingly, but I also semi, say that semi seriously. Like, you know why? Why do we think that we are you know worthy of interaction if we don't have contribution?
3: It's true. It's 100% um, that, true. You
1: know, yeah, let's wipe out let's, let's wipe out extremism in every in every sense of the word and get back to um, you know shared experience and, and shared um, you know shared what we share in our lives that make us more like each other instead of different.
2: Mhm. So you know,
3: I just think as a nice Catholic kid as a youngster, I think everybody should become Catholic so they can all get along because they all believe the same thing. Works for me.
1: You know, I, I was raised Catholic, Roman Catholic. No, um, not Marinaccio. Religious.
3: Never heard of it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and you know, um, but uh, my I went to St. Joseph's Prep High School in Philadelphia, which is Jesuits. Sure. And that gave me a whole new understanding on sort of, you know, what it means to 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 give and to connect, um, and and. You know, I, I'm not a religious person. Either, no, by I'm not either. Obviously, but, right. growing up in northern New Jersey, Roman Catholic, you can't be at your adulthood.
3: Just how it happens, right? But you know, I um, was top top. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish. No, 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 no.
1: no, no. You know, I was just saying. So, I'm not religious by, by any stretch, but I value I value um, you know, the community. The the uh, the. You know, I even sent my kids to for a while to to Catholic and, and Christian schools just because, you know, at the end of the day. We just need to not be jerks.
3: Yeah, we did the same thing. Andy was on the show. Yeah, Alex, our daughter, is usually on the show today, but she's got a sick child. But they went to Catholic school as well, and it's not because we're Catholic. It's just because, uh, Mark, I quit high school in 10th grade, and they asked me why I was quitting. I said, because I learned the same thing you're teaching in 10th grade and 5th grade at Catholic Mm. school. Great schools. Mm -hmm. But I think, Mark, the number one thing about it is, Uh, watching things, I think it's good for people to watch things like The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch to maybe, maybe there's, maybe I'm not right about everything. Maybe I don't know everything. Maybe I shouldn't be angry about everything. I think it's good for them.
1: Well, you know, Travis talks about that pretty, you know, um, in-depthly. You know, he he came onto that show in season one with the eye roll, right? He (laughs) was like, what is this nonsense you people are talking about? I am here, I am here with science and data, you know, and 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 he was like, I'm gonna, you know, just not gonna mess around with any of this other BS. And you know, and now he literally says, I don't know what to believe anymore. Right, which is good. <laughs> you know, that's a good that's thing. Good. It's we have to you stress the muscle of thought, you know, and 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 challenge beliefs in order to to gain perspective. Right,
3: makes total sense. Are you having just a ball in your career? It sounds like you have so much fun in your career.
1: Yeah, you know, I do. Look, I mean, making television shows, you know, it's a grind, right? And and honestly, I do not, I don't run shows anymore. I don't, don't produce run direct uh, shows anymore, unless it's something that I'm passionate about. And um, I made that conscious decision to really do a lot of other things. I, I, I always want to be a storyteller, tell the stories of, mm-hmm. of the unknown, but so I can do it through a, a few different ways. I have a um, the first in a science fiction uh, series novel that I that I wrote and released. I've got scripted projects that work. I've got my social media the, at Strange Story Co. where I engage with people. Um, but this project was, like I said, I wanted to get to that ranch for 15 years, so I did it. Um, So I get to enjoy the best parts of my career in that, you know, I don't, I'm not a slave to the paycheck. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, and that's because in the unscripted business, I mean, it grinds you down. You would there is no time for life when you're making these shows because it's documentary, it's documentary filmmaking in, in so many ways that, you know, you're living it, you know, you're, you're living it, you're breathing it, you're eating it. So, in order to tell a story properly you are a part of it you know um you don't mm-hmm. you don't punch a clock you don't you know go home and turn off and not think about it at night and weekends you know um plus a lot of times these types of shows you're doing a lot of night filming but you're still working during the day so um i've found a way through these other outlets to really enjoy this type of storytelling and story exploration which is where i really call it uh even more than than i ever did before
3: so with a hundred people to kind of wrangle and handle um and the only reason I'm asking this question Mark is I'm trying to learn something how to how to better deal with my own life <laughs> i deal with a few people on on the morning show and, and this is a family thing so we all work together very well and it's not that that i just uh, It's such a grind, as you're saying, making a a TV series and all the rest of it. I have days where, oh, we can't hear Tom. Where's Tom? Well, and I'm talking to him. I can hear them, and they can't hear me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've told these people 50 times, make sure all the buttons are pushed. (laughs)
1: Yeah, Mark,
3: how do you do that with a hundred people? Mark, that's what I want it's to know. Like,
1: it's like the story of the IT guy who had to fly across the country to fix the server, and all he had to do was, you know, turn the power button on, which he <laughs> asked, them, asked them to do a hundred times, and they all swore it was on. I'm not um, kidding you, Mark. I just went through it. No, you know, I organization, <laughs> I, I use technology to my advantage. So, on that show in particular, on Sex sent me to the ER in particular, there was new, uh, a new online software called, um, I don't know how you pronounce it, Asana or Asana, you know, A S A N A at the yep. time. And I don't I don't have a need for it right now. At the time, that changed my life because I was able to fully organize all the different departments and the people within those departments and the tasks within those that people had, but it was everybody shared. So the people would have to update their own progress their own tasks when i had you know instead of at the end of my day going home with you know a handful of scripts to read and give notes on i knew throughout the day when a script was ready for me to read um and i could manage my own day um you know that that was the the Using the technology for organization, and now you know I'm I'm a I'm a tech nut. I've always been. I, I'm a writer, so I love the pen and paper feel. But at the same time, I have a remarkable tablet, which is one of the you know the the e ink tablets where I can carry this thin little piece of electronics around with me anywhere, and it's the equivalent to twenty journals and a thousand books. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's organ and I keep everything organized. So it's honestly, it's just organization. You know, it's and, and for people, it's different. You know, I may have a board with everything up on the wall handwritten and then mm-hmm. stuff on the computer that's that mirrors that because you know, it just depends at what time at what point in time, you know, um, um my brain is going to recall or receive that information the best. Is it going because it's written and on a wall or is it because I'm reading it on a tablet or on the computer screen? Um, so uh, repetition sort of, I think is, is a key to the organization as well. Um, and so sometimes, you know, if people aren't, Aren't remembering what their tasks are. Oh god. You make you make a list. And you know, and then people are are accountable to their own lists. Um and you know, i do the same thing I do with my kids a lot. It's like, look, you can be forgiven for being for being forgetful. We all are. Yeah. What you right. can't what you can't be forgiven is, you know, not taking steps to to you know counteract or manage that, you know. Um you know when somebody comes to take your order in a restaurant and they don't write it down the automatic expectation is something's going to be wrong it's great when they and it's wonderful when they when they bring it to you and it's correct but just for peace of mind (laughs) you know lie to me let me think you're writing it down the right um just because that but that's always things like you know did you write it down um Mm. and that's you know and it's funny i'm coming from a writer right did you write it down (laughs) yeah
3: that's interesting
1: it's sort of like what I was saying. If we didn't film it, it doesn't exist on the show. If you don't write it down, it doesn't. It might as well not exist because it's gone.
3: And I learned very, very long time ago, and I use it on the because I don't go into the same studio. I have my own studio. So I'm not with them. That's why they, you know, whatever. But I, uh, in the immortal words of Christopher Walken, "Do what I tell you, or I'll do some damage you won't walk away from." Wow! <laughs> One of the greatest quotes of all time. <laughs> I will tell you that, Mark Marinaccio, you got to come back, Mark. I love talking to you, man. Just it, it, talking me about the too. Uh, seriously the show secrets uh, at Skinwalker Ranch, or the business, the History Channel, all the things we talked about today. How people are not paying attention anymore. Anytime you want to come on and talk, Mark, I'd love to have you back
1: anytime my pleasure
3: thank you sir have a good day you too
1: thanks for having me on mark
3: marinaccio ladies and gentlemen history channels groundbreaking nonfiction series the secret of skinwalker ranch last night tuesday may 3rd 10 o'clock eastern of course nine o'clock central time the secret of skinwalker ranch hell of a show and thank you again to mark we'll be right back right after this tom here for shift real estate last year about this time when we were making plans for key west i met the folks from shift real estate and when i heard the shift story Wellbeing.com or call or text them at 952 491 6527 and catch the Continuum team on my podcast on Thursdays, 11 15 a.m. I've learned so much from them and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode. Back,
2: and
3: May the 4th be with you. Yeah. May the 4th, that's exactly. Star right.
2: Wars Day or something.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yes, it is Star Wars Day. No question about it. Tip of the cap, by the way, to Dolly Parton for making the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, even though she doesn't sing Rock and Roll.
2: Rock and Roll?
3: She made it into the Rock and Roll Hall Did of Fame. Did she
2: ever do a Rock and Roll song?
3: I don't think so. I do love her, though. She's terrific. <clears throat> i got to make a re reference on this, uh, Chappelle, because there's something new now oh, to this story. Arrest made in Chappelle attack, but now renewed controversy. The comedian is under fire for his trans comments again. Oh,
2: for God's sakes.
3: After a huge response by the LAPD following an attack on comedian Dave Chappelle during his performance at the Hollywood Bowl Tuesday night, police say an arrest has been made, reports the Los Angeles Times. A man ID'd by cops as Isaiah Lee, 23, was booked on charges of assault with a deadly weapon, being held on $30,000 bail. The attacker is alleged to have uh, had his, uh, on his person a replica gun with a built-in knife. Though the 48-year-old comedian wasn't injured, officials aren't speaking on a motive. They uh, yet aren't yet sure how the suspect got the weapon through security because it was all plastic. The blade was plastic, not uh-huh. metal.
0: Uh-huh. Interesting.
3: <clears throat> Meanwhile, an old controversy has once more reared his head mm-hmm. thanks to a remark Chappelle made to the audience. A BuzzFeed yeah. journalist who was at the show noted that Chappelle made a trans joke, his exact breathless words. He was a trans, man. It's a joke for Christ. They
2: don't get the joke because oh, he he has been being under fire or for just making jokes about everybody. He always has.
3: Always has Makes fun of all skin colors, like, all races. If you don't in, like whatever. him, don't
2: watch his shows. Don't you know, don't buy his albums. Don't pay any attention to him whatsoever well, they're if upset you don't because like because they him. don't
0: actually have any real power. As long as the other person doesn't capitulate, then the outrage mob has no power. Right, and he's problem. not capitulating. <laughs> right, and it's making them feel as impotent as they actually are. Yes, and that's making them very upset. Yes. Here's the deal. What's uh, been talked it. about on this show?
3: It's been talked on the morning show. This family knows. Last I checked, it was three, and maybe it's more than that now. Three trans people. Cliff Siegel, one of my best friends growing up, played football with him and a whole deal is now Lauren Siegel. He did the first transgender traffic report in radio history on KQRS. I love Lauren as much as I loved Cliff. Wonderful guy. There's another couple of people that one of them doesn't want his name or her name now mentioned. Uh, but then there was another friend of the family. I don't think I should mention her name uh-uh. either. Because uh-uh. uh, <laughs> No, because they didn't they didn't, you know, give me the the okay to do so now lauren as i said has appeared on the kq morning show many times uh here's the deal so i've talked many times about this the fact that this family our family has has uh last count anyway maybe it's more now but three trans people as friends in a family i've not gotten one phone call from any of these type of people saying you know it's so great that you support the trans community as much as you do so they're never there to congratulate you and thank you. They're always there to rip the
2: piss <laughs> oh, out of you. The whole world is all about like mongers. Everybody mm, wants it's to true. get likes. That's all they care about. I mean, I they'll say any outrageous, egregious, terrible thing just to get likes. Uh,
3: but look, if you're going to go after people, look, Dave Chappelle is not trying to bury trans no. people or whatever he's a comedian for christ's sake he's going to tell jokes about black people about trans people about whatever relax well he's not making the your fact life that any somebody
2: harder. was going to attack him and possibly kill him he might have been a little stressed out yeah, just yeah. a little wound
3: yeah uh, that's maybe
2: true. he didn't tell the greatest joke at the moment so you know what just maybe cut him some slack somebody tried to murder him on but stage once
3: again when people do the exact opposite and support you one hundred percent, where are all these people going? Hey, man, that's great that you do that. Like I said, it's not just, one word.
2: What's the biblical saying about? how You see the speck in your brother's eye when you've got Maybe. a log in a your boulder, own.
3: boulder. I thought it was a speck and a boulder. I think Something it's a like log that. and
2: I don't know. a speck.
3: Maybe there's a speck on your log. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe.
2: But yeah, I mean that's exactly what what it is is looking looking for things. Always looking for things to be wrong is a very easy thing to do.
1: Yeah, but, again,
3: why do you want – I I will tell you for the 9,000th time, I would never admit it if you victimized me. I could never admit that. You victimized me. You're never going to hear that from me. Sorry. And I've been victimized before in the past. I'm being victimized right now by a few people. Yeah. I, you know, I don't – whatever. You're assholes and you do what you do. Am I going to waste time being pissed off at the world? No. You're assholes. Not everybody's an asshole like you are, so we move on, right? <laughs> right. Well, am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. I mean, yes, there are some people in this world that are disgusting, but I will tell you this. The three people that are going after me right now are on that way far left side. So I don't know what – look, like I said, first uh, first morning show in America with all those different kinds of people on it, uh, whatever, this, that. We had, I believe – 30 years ago, might have been 25, 26 years ago, had a, a man to woman tra- trans and a woman to man trans, and that never comes up either. We supported trans people for decades now, and nobody even Bunny, knows. It. it
2: wasn't fashionable.
3: Oh, so that's what it is, yes, isn't it? Yes, the not politicians
2: weren't on that There's no money wagon. to be made from it then. No, exactly. Yeah, there you
3: go. And that's exactly what it's all you about. You have
2: to be in in fashion. Everything has to be in fashion.
3: But don't you think that most people, and I don't know about most people, but do you? can you think of anybody in our family or any of my friends or your friends or whatever that care, you know, as long as you're treated well, you know, they support people, whatever whatever you need. Well, the number one cameo uh person is, is what, what's her name? It used to be uh, Bruce Jenner. Was it Kay- Kylie Jenner? No, not Kylie Jenner. What, what's Jenner's name? Oh, Caitlyn. Caitlyn Jenner, yeah. yeah mm-hmm. You know, he's the number one, or she, you now is the number one cameo person. You know, to do a two-minute cameo, $2,500. Mm. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good when you look at it. Yeah. And she's by far number one. So apparently, people don't have a problem with, with man- man-to-woman trans people. Because he's very, very popular. I think or that she now.
2: what people are having a hard time with is all of this this extreme activism being shoved down everyone's I know. throat. I
3: couldn't agree more.
2: That's the problem. If you could just state your point and move along and not have to have everybody, like Andy said, bow down in front of you because you have an opinion, yep. then it would be really nice.
3: Do you think it's a lot of people who have never been out of this country that think America is the
2: worst place on earth? I know, it's like with this abortion issue. You know, It's a state nobody, thing. Nobody. No, there's three countries that allow after I think week 14 or 15. Yeah. abortions. It's the United States, China, and North Korea. There you go. All the rest have to be below 14 weeks. It's just amazing, As, and, and we're constantly saying how far we're so much, we're so backwards compared to Europe and this and that. What well, they like, don't know
0: anything about Europe. They don't. Know. They don't. They have this like uh, Hollywood idea of what Europe is like, where everything is free and everyone is happy and can do whatever they want.
2: Oh, you well, know? it's like that show. What's that magician that? fools people carbonara effect the carbonara effect every time he comes and when he's got something you know he's he's got a trick he's got something some product that's going to do something that's going to be like really mm-hmm. crazy yeah. he's always like oh yes this was uh, made in macedonia yep. it's, a, right. it's a special <laughs> fish from you know yeah, he, he just makes it because people are like oh not, i haven't heard of it yep. so it's got to be right i don't know yeah, Drew, about Macedonia. Yeah. So right. it's most likely that this could be true. Some exotic thing.
3: I like I said. I just. I, well, we we have learned from watching the Outlaws, uh, the TV show, that uh, England has the exact same problems with with white people and black people that we do. Yeah, we were watching it. Like, I mean, it's the exact same argument, and and now basically it's a world argument. If you think that black and white people didn't get along just in America, you're nuts. It's been a global problem from day one that people who look different than you are your enemies until they prove they're not. It's
2: also been an economic issue from oh, day no one. Doubt about Whenever it. people migrate from someplace because they're escaping war-torn territories or whether they've been taken against sold their by will, their own country people. sold by people to other people, yeah. you're going to have economic disparities. It's uh, just how it is. And until the education of said people and the work catch up, it's all, it's going to stay the same. It is. You, you, can't, you can't legislate out of the ghetto if you're going to keep being a drug dealer.
3: No, it's going to be pretty tough. you probably end up dead.
2: Yeah, and I'm not saying that there's, obviously there's definitely hurdles for minorities well, to get yeah, over. Well, yeah, poor people.
3: Well, poor people. Well, Not just minorities, but poor men. I'm
2: sure I am sure in the past, I mean especially in the sixties, seventies, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, was, it was totally a lot harder to break into certain things, I'm sure, for them than it would be if they had white skin. You know that yeah. has to be true. It Look, is
3: true. All I'm saying is just follow the lead of Mark and Timmy Lammers. Just stop being so goddamn crabby. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah, well, like right? I said, that's how you get a big followership on social media is to buy, be super crabby and just say outrageous things.
3: Yeah, because you get you get likes then mm-hmm. and you get hits and all that. It's all digital is destroying the world, which I told them I was going to do 10 years ago. It is destroying the world because all people care about are likes. Boy, oh my! I was out—really outrageous. But everybody loved
2: it. Well, and you were talking about victimhood. People love victimhood on oh, social media God, too. Oh, do they ever? Oh, me too. I was victimized. It's terrible. I feel your pain. You're so brave. It's you're stunning and brave for bringing this up, so people can talk about these things. I mean, it, it, they—it—it it just plays really. Well, on social media, and I don't see that type of thing going away anytime soon. No, I don't either. Uh-oh.
3: Okay, to lighten things up a little bit, how much have you ever spent on a shirt, Andy? The most you ever spent on buying a shirt,
2: Andy? Me? He waits for people to give him shirts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Seven dollars.
3: <laughs> Seven dollars. You're thinking, Catherine? Yeah, it's, how probably, you? it's probably like twenty. Twenty bucks, Catherine. Oh,
2: a couple hundo. uh if it was, it, was, it was something for something fancy. That you I know. had to wear, like, to a charity event or whatever. Right. Yeah, maybe a couple hundred bucks, but it's probably very rarely.
3: Yeah, very rarely. Probably 100 150 bucks for a shirt is the most I ever spent. I uh, was, un- uh, was expected to fetch big bucks and it outpaced even those expectations. The shirt worn by Diego Maradona when he scored the controversial Hand of God goal against England in 1986 World Cup. The jersey he was wearing that day just sold... For $9.3 million?
2: just do get that.
3: <laughs> that collector stuff? I don't, I don't either. doesn't make any sense I, to me. Why would I, mean, I care to have his shirt? And
2: it's probably because my mom always was collecting just the stuff stupidest things that oh, she really? thought, I'm sorry, oh, yeah. you know, God rest her soul. She. <laughs> that was a very
0: old lady thing yeah, to do. Figurines Hummels and stuff. Hummels or
2: something, something called Hummels, little Hummels? Fig, I think they were Himmels or Hummels or some sort of figurine. Oh, yeah, and, Hummel
0: figurines, here we and go. And then
2: what was that? Oh, uh, I've seen
0: those, yeah.
2: Yeah, she had a couple of those, and she everywhere they went, they bought like a silver spoon.
0: Yep, the silver spoons oh, of plates. One, oh, yeah, the silver some sort spoons, of plate. that's plates, yeah, what was that? Right. You're right. They were, yeah, the commemorative plates, Yeah. I think. Yeah, it
2: was some company that used yep. to put out. My mom and dad, when they were moving, they told me, oh, we've got all of these commemorative plates from, I don't know what the yep. name of that company is. And um, they're worth a Let's ton see. of money. They're collector's items. And I went on, the, oh, and I no. said, okay, I'll try to sell them <coughs> for you. Oh, no. I will try to sell them for you. Everybody <laughs> had brand new boxes yep. of these plates. Mm-hmm. They were like the United States seal and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know.
0: It's like when presidents get elected, they put out a plate. Yeah, and some sort of. There's a princess die plate. Yeah. Really? Yeah, there's, a, there's a plate there's for just, everything. There
2: were just a ton of you them. You can
0: get a Joe Biden plate right now for yeah. 60 bucks.
2: See, There you go. Uh, so I, I was like, I'll, I'll sell them for it because they were expecting, you know, they were expecting thousands of dollars for these yeah. plates. They had, like, I think right. a dozen of them. And I'm like, <clears> I hate to tell you this, but the best I can do for you is $40 oh, for all oh, of them. Shame. My dad almost <laughs> fell over. They mm-hmm. thought they were. Sitting on a little f- pile of money there, well, and the problem with that mine. kind
0: of thing is, the more people buy them, the less value they have. So exactly. if they're very popular, then they're not going to have exactly. any value because there's, there's, I mean, there's yeah. um, there's NES games out there, you know, forty years old at this point almost, uh, and they're worth like fifty cents because so many people bought them. Yeah. Just because they're old and they're unique doesn't mean anything if there's a million of them out there. Or Mm if there's also NES games out there that are worth tens of thousands of dollars because so few people bought them that they're rare. Okay. That's what matters is rarity. Yeah. Yeah. Who were those little puppies when you were a kid? The little beanie babies.
3: Beanie oh babies. my god! Yes. The oh, beanie babies. Oh my god! Beanie babies. That's yeah, right. Well, they, and thing. they were
2: trading for tons of money were, even back yeah, then. They were. Yeah. I'm sure that's a bygone craze. I think it
0: went under actually.
2: Beanie babies is gone. The beanie babies was
0: Thai, I think. I think. Yeah, it was hmm Let's see the most expensive beanie babies in the world. Uh, you had a mm, couple of beanie babies. I yeah, but. I don't know. I never collected them. No. There's a few that are worth quite a bit. Uh, bubbles the Fish is worth $129,000. Oh, if you go to, if
2: you go to a, an estate sale or a garage sale and you see Bubbles the Fish, you better grab it.
0: <laughs> you better oh, grab but it, only baby. Error Bubbles the Fish. Which it means aired. like the tag is wrong oh. or oh. the mouth is the wrong color. Oh. That makes it extra valuable. Really? Uh. Yep. One so, of a kind. Mm-hmm, pretty much. Well, that, that's exactly it. If, if there's an error in the manufacturing yep. process, it makes it one of a
2: kind. Just like I said, I've just I after watching my mom collect weird stuff and thinking that it was always going to be worth a ton of money. I, I used to talk about this with Louis Anderson. His mom liked to collect. Oh yeah, stuff. I, I do remember the that, collector's but... item. Mm-hmm. And then when he gave, I remember what time he gave. I don't know if it was Alex or Andy or a, a bobblehead of himself. Yes. Yep. And, and a watch. Gee, I don't watch. know what ever happened to that watch. That was uh,
0: yeah. It's, it was I'm a sure that's long. Uh,
2: what was his cartoon? Life of Louis. Life with Louis mm-hmm. watch. And I opened him up and I'm like, oh my god, I didn't know you had merch. And he says. Those are going to be collectors' items someday. Uh,
3: well, it and I mean, he was earnest, and I, I and Let's I started see. laughing. He's they like, "What's so
2: now. funny?" And I said, "You you know, you are your mother."
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And you're my mother. You can buy Dick. a life with Louis watch unopened in the package for thirty bucks. Oh, oh so. well, Louis. not. Okay. I mean, it's a watch, you know.
2: How about the bobbleheads? <laughs>
0: Let's see. Toots had a bottle
3: bobbleheaded? Louis yes,
2: yeah. I don't Tim know Pawlenty and
3: Louie Anderson. Oh. Which I love, because Louis was very, very liberal, and Tim Pawlenty was, he wasn't very conservative, but he was conservative.
0: Uh, the official Louis bobblehead, uh, here's one up here. Well, this, let me find uh, sold listings, because oh. that's what actually
2: matters. Yeah.
3: Okay, while you're looking for it, can I ask Mom uh, a question?
0: hmm Fifty bucks? Uh.
3: Oh, it was 50 so bucks we're
2: setting on $80 of Louie merch right there. $80, <laughs> $80 baby.
3: <laughs> All right, we'll close with this one. I'm going to just read you part of the descriptor. A little seven-year-old girl named Brinley Heidebrink. That Brindley. name sounds familiar. Heidebrink. Yeah. Mm. Not Brinley, but the Heidebrink part. Did I know Heidebrinks? How do I don't you know. spell it? H uh, e i d
0: e b r i n k.
3: Brinley Heidebrink.
0: Heidebrink & Associates? There you go. Oh, yeah, Heidebrink and Associates in Laverne, Minnesota. There you go. That's so it is, it yeah, it's a Minnesota thing. It's an <clears throat> auto, oh, it's an insurance company, apparently. Oh, it is? Okay. Huh. Okay.
3: Girl, seven years old. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a seven-year-old girl. She's gone to Mass at a Catholic church. She shows off one of her skills to the priest as she's, uh, he delivers the, 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 uh, the, what do they call it again?
0: Communion? The
3: communion wafer.
0: Yeah, it's called a communion wafer. I
3: thought it had another name, though. <clears throat> okay, so you have to guess what it was, the skill that she showed. You're not usually supposed to blah, 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 blah. Anyway, uh, if you're only seven years old, but Brinley Heidebrink just broke the mold. The Sioux, oh, Sioux Falls, Argus Leader. So she is from the area. Yeah. Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Brandon, South Dakota, which is even closer to Twin Cities, I believe. Reports that the little girl... Her first communion on April 23rd. She's seven years old in Brandon, South Dakota. She showed off a skill that the priest was shocked that she had. What skill did she show? Seven-year-old Brinley Heidebrink, her very first communion.
2: Lizard tongue? I don't know. <laughs>
3: Close enough. Transubstantiation? You ready?
2: No, yes.
3: Girl seven shows off her communion wine chugging skills. She's literally chugging the
2: whole bottle she of She was thirsty.
3: <laughs> I have stopped. Her. He has a look at his face like, oh, oh, oh. He's just shocked that this girl is doing that. Mm. She's seven and she downs about a fifth of well, wine. It's
2: better than having a lizard tongue.
3: That's true. <laughs> All right, that's going to do. I love the show today. It was a lot of fun.
2: Yay. Just the three
3: of us in here, that was kind of nice. I get
2: to take Jude to Home Depot. Home oh, yeah. He loves Home Depot. Oh, he does.
0: Daisy loves Home Depot.
3: And people
2: are, are always, go. can I pet your dog? Yeah. Give him <laughs> yeah, treat. So I everything. have to sit there for yeah, holding stuff while people are petting Jew. There's, they sit down on the floor yep. oh,
3: God, to pet God, I love dogs yeah. there.
0: And yeah. Menards won't let them in. I know. It's crazy. I know. It's won't fine. let who
2: in? Oh, dogs. Menards dogs. Yeah, yeah Menards right. is anti-dog. That's yeah.
0: weird. Menards <laughs>
3: hates dogs. All right, we'll talk <laughs> to you tomorrow
0: first with the family.
2: Bye.